Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. The Lord. I'm excited to be here tonight. I hope you all are as well. Um, I just want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I pray that I can deliver what God has given to me. I'm going to do my best. I can promise you that. Um, I know uh, little Brooks is sick. I know Sister Lindsay is sick. And uh, I don't know. I, Sister Dodd, I know, is recovering. I don't know of any other. And if, if you sent a request, I didn't get it. <laughs> so, um, but remember our pastor and his family traveling. Uh, he told me to tell you be back Friday. So looking forward to having them back. And I know y'all are, are as well. So let's... Uh, Let's stand for just a second. Let's let's uh, pray for Brooks and for Sister Lindsay Bittler and Sister Dodd. Lord, you know every need tonight, God, and we are so thankful we can come before you, Lord, and we know by your word that all of us are gathered here together in your name, that you are here in the midst. We bring every one of these needs before you, God, and any needs that I don't know of, Lord, you know them. And we just pray that you would touch them tonight, touch Brooks and Sister Lindsay and her body, and help Sister Dodd to continue to recover. And anybody else in here that needs a need, God, just touch them tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you for coming up. I just want to give honor to my pastor and thank for this high honor of coming and teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it. I hope I, I guess you'd be the judge of which one it is. I give honor to each and every one of you in this place tonight for coming out to hear the Word of God. I love the Word of God. We better, after Brother Zach preached and and Tanner, we better better love the Word. Um, If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm not going to be long-winded, I can promise you. I have a little special thing at the end, and uh, I pray God's will be done. Uh, We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 19, and we're going to start at verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified." 
And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Let's pray for the word tonight. Lord, we just love you. We're so thankful to be in this place tonight, God, and that this word come forth. Thankful for your word. We know that it will not come back void. God, and it's anointed. Anoint our ears to hear the word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to teach tonight, to the best of my ability, under the title of The Familiar God. The Familiar God. So in our text, we had just read there were seven sons of a chief priest, it says, called Sceva. And these seven sons are called exorcists, which means here, I looked it up, which employs a formula of conjuration for expelling demons. So in my mind, when I read this, this must not have been the first time they did this. I mean, you're not going to call me a a brick mason if I've never done it before. So I believe they've done this. And it makes me wonder, had they seen the special miracles that had been done by Paul, and from what we're told in Scripture, they're observant that Paul was doing these things in the name of Jesus. Because they said, whom Paul preaches. So the verses right before this, verses 11 and 12 of the book of Acts, It says that God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I can only imagine seeing, if they were seeing this, they must have thought how easy that was in their mind. I mean, if this wasn't the first time they're doing it and they're having to do these incantations for who knows how long, I can imagine when Paul spoke that name and that demon left that they thought, man, I'm going to capitalize on this. This is going to go great. What I found the most interesting about the Scripture is they decided to try to cast out this demon by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, and they actually get a response. The problem is the response didn't come from God. It came from the demon. How about that? How would you like to hear what these guys heard? Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And just a side note for me that when I was studying this, don't be surprised that the devil knows your name. Don't be surprised. He's been doing this for a very long time. He knows you. He knows your family. He knows your history. He knows what gets you. He knows what to put before you. He knows. He knows. These seven sons didn't know who Jesus was. They were just familiar with him. They saw that Paul used the name of Jesus and thought it would work for them. Well, it, don't go, it didn't go well at all. And what had amazed me even more was what happened afterwards, and that's why I read so much of the Scripture, because... It said the people that worked in the curious arts brought all their books and they showed their works and they burned them all. And the curious arts is magic, basically. The art of magic. Now we know 
from earlier in Scripture that God had a special distaste for those that worked in these curious arts. And back then, in the King James, they were called familiar spirits. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27. A man or a woman that hath a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. And then in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that use this divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all these that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. So I think from what we've read, God does not like familiar spirits. And it got me to wondering about familiar spirits. And he called them an abomination, which if you haven't, uh, if you read the Bible, you'll see that word several times, and it's one of those words that God holds back for special things that transcends the law between the Old and the New Testament. If it was once an abomination, it's always an abomination. And so... Given a study a little further, because I was pretty clear when pastor asked me, and it kind of gave me confirmation listening to uh, Brother Tanner and, and Brother Zach preaching on Sunday, because you'll see where this ties together. And uh, it's really about familiarity. These spirits can seem to do the same things that God can do, and I say seem, because they can't. But they seem, because God has given some power for the devil to do what he does, or he wouldn't have it. So, this is one of the main issues that Israel had throughout all the Old Testament is fallen prey to these false spirits that give off that familiar vibe. And if you're not well versed in the scripture, you'll be very easily led astray by these spirits. And I'm going to say this, and, and hopefully you understand what I'm saying, but Satan is fine with you and me only being familiar with God. He's fine with the God being the one we go to instead of the one we go after. Think about that for a minute. We go to Him, we go to Him with our stuff, but do we go after Him? As long as we're not like David and pursue after God. And David made some terrible mistakes. Terrible. Murder. Adultery. Those are pretty terrible mistakes. But yet he still called a man after God's own heart. Because he never stopped, even when he made those errors and mistakes that every, every one of us make mistakes. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but he never stopped pursuing. And during my studies, I ran across a very good description of someone wrote that explains the danger of being familiar. Often when you are familiar with things, we begin to take them for granted. When we're familiar with things, we tend to stop examining them. Often when we are familiar with things, we quit noticing them. 
When we're familiar with things, we tend not to celebrate them like we once did. Familiarity tends to rob us of our wonder. How many times have we found ourselves, and this is me included, in this very dilemma with the God that picked me up out of my sin, saved me, delivered me, turned me around, put me on the solid ground. It's a song. And after years of living for God like Samson, as Tanner aptly taught us Sunday morning, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves asleep at the wheel. Lulled to sleep by the prince of this world. Even to the point that when God took away his spirit from Samson, he didn't even realize it. The Bible says in Judges 16, starting at verse 20, it says, And she, which is Delilah, said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and he said, I'll go out as other times and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. What a terrible place to be. And if we're not careful, it'll be the familiar God that we call upon only when we have trouble or times of need. It'll be the familiar God that we call upon. Just show up with your power, God. I need you right now. It'll be the familiar God because we stopped t- and we started taking him for granted. We stopped examining the word, we stopped noticing him like we should. And it robs us of the wonder of Jesus Christ and we no longer pray like we used to pray. You know, that's where they get these little things, stop and smell the roses. Is That's what they're talking about. You get so familiar with walking by roses every day, you forget what they look like. You stop looking at them. You stop seeing the beauty that's behind the flower. It's been the plan of Satan all along to make us familiar with God. Not know Him, but be familiar with Him only. But be familiar with sin. It's in all the media, all the shows. And this guy, if I could could give him credit, I would. But what what he said is this is how the agendas of the world and the agenda of Satan gets into us is is little by little by all the media, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter what it is, just media, radio, it's pounded into us on a daily basis and slowly erodes and slowly gets you comfortable, gets us comfortable to the point where now things are accepted that were never accepted. And the thing that he says is so crazy is because what we do and how he put it is and he was somebody in the media world he said you we bring them into your living room and you invite them in and you hang out with them on a weekly basis and you think you know these people but we don't know them we don't know them at all but they've come in with our family in whatever way they come in and they come in our living room and they become part of our family almost I mean, it's crazy. You hear people, it's like, oh, I just missed this. I, I knew these people. Like, you didn't know these people. They're acting. But you, it's like they're family, and you think you know what they're thinking. They're, and you hear them talking, they're totally different. And we don't want to hurt family. 
And this creates a stumbling block for us today. And it reminded me of Balaam. If anybody's familiar with Balaam, we'll leave the donkey out of this story. But he was killed as recorded in the book of Joshua. And the reason he was killed is because he taught the king of Moab to put a stumbling block in front of the children of Israel. And I, I always thought when I first got in church, I thought this was a prophet of God, but it never calls him that. Matter of fact, let's read Joshua 13, verse 22. It is written, Balaam also, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, did the children of Israel slay with the sword among them that were slain by them. So a soothsayer here is one that practices divination, which is one of the things that God hates. And it gives a little more insight into what Tanner said. God's going God's to make His plan come forth, and He'll use even that to make that come forth. And the stumbling block Balaam put in front of Israel is recorded in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. It says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast here them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. And, and the other thing that he did was he got them to, to marry their people. And you slowly, they became family. Very familiar. Happened in the book of Ezra too. And you become familiar with this and then you lose your identity. And today, seeing this today, it's just a brushstroke of this very same doctrine keeping us only familiar with God. And it steals our time. And it reminded me, I was thinking when I was studying for this, I was thinking about a man. His name was Timothy Treadway. I don't know if any of you heard of him, but he, they called him the Grizzly Man. I'm going to talk while I get a Kleenex. I'm sorry. So he's the Grizzly Man. And for 13 years, he went to Alaska, and he hung out with the bears. And there was this, uh, it's a little funny thing, but there's this preacher, I don't know if anybody knows him, but his name is Jesse Parker, and he always had this message, it was called the 25th Bear. And the, the part of the message was, he went fishing with some friends of his, and, uh, and they were all around these bears, because they went to the salmon runs, you know, and he's like, man... And he said, don't worry about it. Only one in 25, one in every 25 bears attacks a human. And the point of his thing is, well, bears don't wear numbers. How do you know which one's number 25? So this, this guy goes out, and he's, he's in Alaska, and, and he's taken. I'm sure he started out very cautious. But as time went on, he got so familiar with these bears, he thought he knew them. He thought... They're not going to hurt me. And he, he would talk. Uh, he had his girlfriend with him on this very last trip. And something, they had to go back out and pack their stuff up because the salmon run had ended and it was very dangerous to be there at that time. The food got scarce. And so they were a lot more prone to attack. But he decided they're going to stay one week. And he was kind of a rule breaker when it come to what they wanted with the bears and how to 
I don't know how to say the word, but even in the Smoky Mountains, they tell you certain things don't do. So they stay that one extra week. And if you know anything about them, him and his girlfriend both were mauled by a bear and killed. But he never thought that would happen because he thought he knew these bears. And isn't that how we are? We think, I can handle this, I can handle that. It won't get me. I know what I'm doing. And we become familiar with things God had never intended for us to become familiar with. And you never know. What if that one thing was that number 25 for you? And the world's trying to get you and me so familiar with everything but God, so busy with things that we don't have time to really know God. And believe it or not, I told you, I'm not, I'm not being long-winded at all. I got a little more, but I'd say I'm on the downward slope. I actually asked Sister Sparks, who's going to sing something in a little bit. But this, this was a song sung by Sister Mickey Mangan. I'm sure you all know her from POA. And she sang this song at Because of the Times in 1991. And if you can take time to listen, it's out there. You can listen to what she said. And I'm going to just give you a summary of what I got out of this. She sang this song, and when you hear it, it's probably going to make you feel like it made me feel. And you're probably going to want to do something about it. But she was a pastor's wife at the time. It's a bishop's wife now, but she talks about how she did so much, and she thought, I'm doing so much for God. And these are good things. And you're going to see in the Scripture that I talk in a little bit that I pull up what I'm talking about. They're good things. They're not bad things. She visited shut-ins. She went to all the baby showers, the showers, the weddings, the, you know, all the things that pastor and pastor wives do all the time. And she was doing so many things. And she said she lost sight of what really mattered and realized that she was just busy. Busy doing the things that she thought were serving him. And she goes very in-depth with all these things. And she realized that without spending the time with God in prayer, what she was really, what was she really accomplishing? We can see as a people to all the things that are familiar to us in trying to serve God. There's things that you could roll off the top of your head that you'd say, you familiarize this with what we do at church. But nothing, and I mean that, nothing can ever take the place of truly knowing the God we serve. And that is only accomplished in prayer. Your Word. His Word. I'm sorry. But you know, when I say busy, it's not just that kind of stuff. That's the good stuff. But I was looking up social media. The average, two and a half hours a day. That's average. 
And the age is what stunned me the most. I would have thought teenagers, but it was 25 to 42 is the main audience that they have for that length of time. Two and a half hours a day, it translated into, I mean, they actually said you, by the time the newer kids coming up, it'll be in the millions of minutes and hours that they spent on social media. Bombarded by the same stuff that I was talking about earlier, bombarded by the things of the world. Always in front of your face. Can't even get away from it anymore. It rides on our sides. And as, sorry to keep bringing up Sunday, but I mean, it just came together because I felt like this is what God was, Tanner talked about the value of salvation. And we, we can't forget the value of that salvation. And it, Brother Zach talked about falling in love with the Word. And as I was studying this message, I knew God was talking to me about this too. He led me to this Scripture. It's in Revelation chapter 2, and it's going to be very familiar to a lot of us. Starting with verse 1, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. Thou hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored, and hast not fainted, See, they were doing the works. They were doing the works in His name to the point they knew the Word so well, apparently, that they were able to try people that said they were apostles and find them to be liars. So these aren't people that were sitting around doing nothing. But the very next verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And verse 5 says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Remember where you were before this happened. Before you lost your first love. And repent and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except thou repent. And I couldn't help the correlation. They were doing the works they had what every one of us would think is, man, this is power right here. But yet, they lost their first love. So did they just get familiar with the works and didn't take the time to get known with the God? So it really matters in my mind is our relationship with Jesus Christ. we got to know Him. we got to know God. And the only way to do it is to pray. And the remarkable thing about this song you're about to hear that I want to share with you because I don't want you to miss it. This isn't about him missing that time. This isn't about us missing that time with him. That's not what this is about. This song is sung from the point of view of God. Missing the time with us. And as, when I thought about it, I thought I, I, it came to me. I thought, you know, 
Adam and Eve in the garden, it wasn't Adam and Eve that came to the spot to meet with God. It was God that came to meet them in the cool of the day. He come walking, and they weren't there. He's like, where'd they go? So the empty chair wouldn't be God. The empty chair is us. And we have to pray. We can't walk on by because we're too busy. Paul told the church at Corinth, I didn't give this scripture and it's okay. It doesn't matter. That we have to examine ourselves whether you be in the faith. And I had to ask myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this to myself because I feel like he did this for me. Is what is in your life bringing you closer to God? He says to prove ourselves. How do we prove ourselves? The only way I can think is to examine our life. If we walked by the empty chair, have we gone from knowing God to just being familiar with God? You know, 90-some percent of this country says they believe in God. Believing ain't knowing. The devil believes. I think that's why he's so effective with us. Because he knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he knows what God expects. But when we become familiar with God and we don't take the time to know him, he's got us. He's got us. He's going to put anything He can put before us that will make sure that we fall. Every stumbling block we can think of will be in our way. As they sing this song, I want you to remember what I said about God missing His time with us. And if you feel the stand, come to the front. Maybe treat this. I know it's a Wednesday night. I know. But how about doing a reset? That's kind of what I did when I was putting this together. I, I did a thought of my life and I did a reset. And I thought, God, I remember how much I love you. I don't want to get lost in the battle. I don't want to fall asleep at the wheel. I want to remember and feel what I felt 20-some years ago when he washed every sin away, and I can remember the feeling, and everyone in here that's received the Holy Ghost and repented, you're going to know what I'm talking about. The weight literally lifts off of your shoulders. What was not clear all of a sudden becomes clear. Nothing else matters. At that moment, nothing mattered. I could have cared less what happened that next day. I want to feel that. I want to feel that every day. You listen. If you feel the calm, come. For the battles of the day.
But I clearly heard him say, I miss my time with you. All those moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying. When your spirit's empty, there's a longing in my heart mm, to be a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you. All those moments together 
to be with you each time and it hurts me when you say you're too busy busy trying to serve me but how can you serve me when your spirit's empty there's a longing in my heart I want to be more than just a part of you it's true All those moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit? He wants to be more than just a part of you. It's true. He misses his time with you. I don't know what that does to you, but it does something to me. I know it does something to y'all. You're good people of God. But I think it's good for us to be reminded because sometimes I think that God created this world for us. But when I was studying and I thought about Adam and Eve, He really created it for Him. And He put us in it for Him. That's what He wants is fellowship with us. He had created beings. He didn't need somebody to say, you're wonderful, but I have to say that. He created us for this relationship and created an entire world to house His creation. Sometimes I think we just get it backwards. We think, you know, He made this for us and and it's ours and it's really His. Everything we have is His. And I'm just thankful that He lets me enjoy His presence, His time. I hope is meant, this whole message was meant to be an encouragement. I hope it was like it was to me. Don't get so wrapped up that you walk around with your spirit empty. It is not the will of God that a Holy Ghost, how can you be Holy Ghost filled in an empty spirit? We have to maintain His Spirit. So that when you meet that person you want to witness to, they already know something in those people. They have something that isn't familiar. It's a power. It's not familiar. I don't know about y'all. When I walked first into a church and I and I, the power of God touched me. That was not something I've ever experienced before in my life. There's nothing that I could have put and said, "This is like this." So I just close with that. 
take that time. Take that time with him. Take that time with him. In Jesus' name, you're all dismissed. Fellowship, shake hands. Don't forget your kids. They're probably all half done with what they were doing. Tell them I said I was sorry. <laughs> oh, and if you have tithing offering, they're up here, and they'll take them. We don't want to forget that either. Lord, bless you this week. In Jesus' name, thank you for singing and playing. Thank you.